0: Hello and welcome to the next installment of Opt-in NYC. I am one of your hosts, police officer Joe Galetta, and I am joined this week with John Negron,
1: as well as My name is Lieutenant Tiffany Reed from the
2: recruitment section. And I'm uh, police officer Basil Omisanya from the recruitment section.
0: Excellent. So the reason we have you guys on is because we have a new uh, test coming up. Isn't that
1: right? That is absolutely correct. So we have a new NYPD police officer exam that's going to be given in June. And our registration period for that exam is April 7th through the 27th.
0: So what is what is the test actually consist of? Like, What are they asking people?
2: It's a it's a g- general questions. It's not a
1: it's not it's, anything you really need to study for per se. They ask some grammar, some memorization questions, some reading comprehension questions, things of that sort.
0: That's personally what I remember. I remember a bunch of just reading comprehensions. They'll explain the process for you. Then ask you a question on it, so.
1: Absolutely. But if people do want tutoring, we are offering tutoring actually in Brooklyn, um, Bronx, Staten Island and as well as Manhattan.
0: Oh, really? See, actually, I didn't even know that that was a thing. What kind of tutoring and where could they find out?
1: Actually, on our website, NYPD Recruitment. So um, if they actually go to our website, nypdrecruit.com, they'll be able to find that information as well as our Instagram and our Facebook. So um, tutoring actually starts this Friday in Staten Island. And then afterwards, we'll be doing it in Brooklyn at 127 Pennsylvania as well as located in Monroe College in the Bronx and um, here at 235 East 20th Street throughout the week as well. So most tutoring is going to be held on Sundays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays so far. And we're going to be throwing in some Thursdays as well and
0: what do you guys give like example questions or just about what the test is
1: exactly so we have like a mock exam so things that you would typically see on exam of course not the questions but like example of memorization example of reading comprehension and um, grammar questions and then we go through the exam afterwards and if anyone has some type of reservation or they have issues with questions we go through that as well And kind of, um, yeah, just assist people as to what they could expect on the exam so that they could, you know, they could kind of ease their mind and ease their attentions.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so let's say uh, our guest John here wants to go take the test. What are the steps he has to do before he can take the test?
1: So, number one, filing period is April 7th to the 27th. So, once that time comes, they'll be able to go into NYC uh, slash oasis Oasis, and be able to register for the exam that way. That's the filing period. So, after that, DCAS will be emailing them as to when the exam will actually be. So, the exam will be starting um, June the 15th. So, prior to that, they'll be um, given the location and a date and time for the exam.
0: And is there a cost for the
1: test? Yes, there is a cost for the ex- exam. I'm not sure how much it's going to be this time. It's usually around $35, $40. Um, but uh, that will come out with um, when the registration period starts.
0: And what kind of requirements does someone need that, let's say they're, they want to take the test, what do they need to be hired now?
1: So hired or take the test, two different things.
0: Let's start with take the test.
1: OK, you need to be at least 17 and a half and no more than 35. That's what that's the requirements at the time um, of taking the exam.
2: All right. And uh, to take the exam, you don't need anything at all. All you have to be is between that age range. You could take the exam. But to get hired, you must be 21 years of age and have 60 college credits.
1: And if not 60 college credits, at least two years active military.
2: With an honorable discharge.
1: And with the college credits, you have to have a 2.0 GPA or higher.
3: So if if I wanted, I am, I'm 17 and a half about getting there now. Um, so if I wanted to take the test, is there a commitment when I take the test? Or can I just take it and, and then make the choice later on that I don't want to be a police officer?
1: Absolutely. I tell people that all the time. At least register and take the exam. So when they do call you, you have that option. You can always say no, you can put it on hold, and you have four years from when they establish that list to decide whether or not you want to take the job.
0: I know. It nearly took me four years for the processing, too. So I was right at the edge there.
1: It's much quicker now, much quicker. But yeah, back then, yep, it took about three to four years to get hired.
0: Well, they, back then, they were still offering the test every day.
1: Yes. Yep. At 2 Lafayette, I still remember that.
3: So um, Joe keeps mentioning how they used to offer the test every day. And, and then he mentioned how we have a test coming up. What's like, how's the time frames work in the test? Is it like one every year, one every other year?
1: So it kind of just depends. Um, it's broken down. It's not every day anymore. And especially because of COVID is a few restrictions as to how many people are allowed to be in one location. So right now we are following those rules. And that's the reason why it's best to do the registration earlier, the better, of course, so that you'll be able to get a seat and, you know, an earlier testing.
0: Okay. So someone signs up and they take the test is there what's the minimum passing grade to even be considered
2: 70 70 is the minimum grade you can have but i always tell people strive for the stars try to get the 100 and if you could get the extra credit points as well thrown on top of that because the higher you score the higher on the list you'll be
1: and the higher the list the quick you are to hire
2: what uh What qualifications do they need to get these extra
0: points?
1: So we have residency qualifications. We have military qualifications, things of that sort.
0: And what's the maximum grade that they get all of these extra points? What could they score?
1: Definitely over 100. I'm not sure the maximum, if you add everything together, but I see people get like 110, things of that sort.
0: So basically, you take the test. Let's say you get your your grade. Do you know how long it takes to get the grade?
1: Uh, it takes a few months to actually for that list to be established and for you to get your official score because everyone has to take the, that exam. So say, for instance, it takes just to throw out a number, two months for everyone to take that, that, that exam number. So at that point in time, DCAS will look at it, grade it, and as well as throw in the extra points. And then from there, you'll get your score when it is um, when it is established. So it could take a few months.
3: And after uh, I get reached out to about the test and and, and I get the how does that process work once they kind of offer you um, that job? Is it simply a phone call? Is it a meeting? Is it like paperwork that says I want to put it on hold? Like uh, how does that process look? So the first thing
2: that happens, you get a letter from DCAS saying congratulations, you've passed the exam. Then DCAS sends the information over to the NYPD where our candidate relations department here at CAD will send you a link, all right? That's gonna have your cast 5 as well as all the other documentations that they need from you. This is basically where your investigation starts.
1: So what a cast 5 is, is basically like a questionnaire that you'll fill out And then um, once you finish that questionnaire and a couple other paperwork information that they need, then they'll schedule for other things. So you do have to go through a background check. You do have to go through a drug screening. You do have to go through other things and a lot of paperwork. So absolutely, you will see your investigator in person um, and you will see other people in person as well. So it's a complete background check.
0: So we've gone through pretty much everything at that point, correct?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Well, in in regards to uh, before you're hired and some of the hiring process, correct?
0: So what's the rest of the hiring process then?
1: So of course you have to pass an exam. Then as you know, you went through that initial medical where it's like a questionnaire, you fill out paperwork, um, they do the EKG test, they do the hearing test, the sight test, things of that sort. Then after that, we also have, and they take a sample of your hair for a drug test. Then after that, we also have the written and oral psychological exam where you have to answer a bunch of questions um, and then you meet with a psychologist maybe that day or a few days or weeks later, just to go over that as well. Then um, you do make, meet with your investigator. In between that, after your initial medical, you're assigned an investigator that day. From there, your investigator will reach out to you and kind of tell you, you know, I need this paperwork from you, X, Y, Z. Everything is being done now online, so you could basically just scan it in and just, um, and just put it on, and then your investigator will be able to see that in their case. So you go through your background investigation and also you have what we call the job standard test. That's our JST. You probably remember the obstacle course. And you have to complete that within four minutes and 28 seconds. We actually do on our Instagram have a video of the JST to so kind of describe what it is. And then from there, if your investigation comes back good and everything else comes back good, you will um, come back for mini medical just to have just to update the system as if anything else was to change right before you get hired. And then from there, if everything was all good, you get hired.
0: You know, when you lay out the process like that, it sounds like a lot, but I still remember actually going through it. It's a lot.
1: It is a lot, it is. <laughs> it but is you know, a real lot. You. you, at that point in time, you're a public servant. So you have to make sure and have to do a thorough background check on each individual that comes through. And, you know, so that's the reason why it is a lot and it's a long process, but at the same time, it's well worth it.
0: Oh, I will absolutely agree. It's well worth it. And I completely understand the need for the thoroughness of it. Now, I know there's a background check involved. What is the department looking for? Do they care about C summonses, misdemeanors, felonies? What are they they looking out for?
1: So, of course, people have summonses. That is perfectly fine. At that point of time, you just have to get your dispositions in regards to these summonses and even What We have some things what we call like automatic disqualifiers. So things that if you have, you won't be able to be hired, unfortunately. And that's a, if you are have been convicted of a felony, not arrested for a felony, but actually convicted of a felony or a domestic violence misdemeanor or you have been disqualified from the um, military, like a dishonorable uh, discharge from the military.
0: I actually remember when I was going through the application process, I came to actually the location I'm in now, 127 Pennsylvania Avenue to do the JST, the, the obstacle course. I was so terrified of just getting a parking ticket and having to explain that to my investigator that I found paid parking about John, how many blocks away is Rockaway? Like ten? Yes.
2: Yeah, oh,
3: per- wow. oh, you yeah. walk? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is a long walk from here.
0: I uh, I paid for parking on Rockaway and Picken and walked all the way down. <laughs> I've
1: done it. I went all the way to Staten Island for mine. So.
0: Same here. The the lengths we go through for this job, even before we get on.
1: But now what is actually good is everything is done now at our location here at 235 um, East 20th Street, which is an old police academy. So it's a one stop shop. Everything is done right here. No one has to go to Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, any of those locations. They just come here usually in the morning time and everything is done at one place. So it's definitely much, much, much easier.
0: I can definitely vouch for how much easier that is then. (laughs)
1: Yeah, even the investigators are here as well. So if you need anything from your investigator, when you come to your site, you can drop something off if you need to. So it's pretty good.
0: Oh, that's great. Cause I had to come to Brooklyn for one then go to left rack for something else. And it's all over. Yeah. All right, with that, let's pause for one minute to hear a word from our sponsors. And we're back. So, John, now that we have a youth of the community here and the NYPD recruitment team, why do you think some of your peers aren't uh, aren't as eager to take the NYPD test? I mean, great benefits—you get a pension,
3: get health insurance. I think it's like an onion when 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 you talk about that. There's a lot of layers to it, and um, there's a lot of reasons. Some that 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 feel legitimate, and and some that just feel like paranoia. Or, or worry um if we're talking about someone who's actually um, of age to to take it and then be within the same time frame to get hired um I think one it's it's the unfortunate stigmas that unfortunately loom around the idea of the uniform and kind of the idea within certain communities that people still think that cops are just that're just a cop and there's no humanity and this is all this person does all day every day um and, and some people don't want to be that uh, some people, I think they think about the idea of the commitment for sure, and they don't want to do that. Um, I know I've actually heard from some of my friends that there's some cases where it comes from the fear, um, where they're they're, they're scared of, of seeing a police officer on the streets, and sometimes we're even more scared of having interactive one, let alone work as as a police officer. Um, something I think that's, that's super vulnerable, and I actually had a conversation with an old friend of mine about this. Was um, they were they had the opportunity to take the test, um, and they didn't. They were scared because they they were scared that they might one day have to put cuffs on a friend of theirs, um, because they're aware of the the unfortunate life that their friends are kind of, are tunneled into living, and they're scared that they're going to have to one day be the person to put that person away or, or to make that tough decision of um, changing someone's life. And I think that's a, that, that does play a heavy mental toll on people. And, and some people just don't think they're cut out for it. And then some people just out front have an opinion on police officers because of social media, uh, because of news and, and the media outlets. They they see cops, cops a certain way and it's a, it's a big turnoff for them. Um, I do think if people were sat down and they were talked about, a lot of the resources that's available, especially uh, among like uh, the police department and the military, the idea that there is so much more that you can do than just being the cop that drives around on patrol and and has to answer all these radio runs and everything. There's so much more you can do. Um, And and I think if that was, 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 it's public information that doesn't feel public because a lot of people don't search for it. Um, so I think if a lot of people learned about that more, there would there would be more interest among the youth of of signing up uh, at least more interest, maybe not as much doing, but definitely more interest,
1: so John, I know exactly what you mean. I grew up um in the South Bronx, and I'm a female black. I came on the job when I was twenty two years old, and i I know it sounds cliche and everything, but I actually came on the job to actually make a change uh, from within the department as well. So I know that, uh, where I grew up in the Bronx, um, it was a lot of tension between you know the police as well as with my community. So I was I wanted to join the job to be able to break down those barriers, um, to be able to have a better relationship uh, with my community as well as with the NYPD. So and yeah, there is going to be times where you do have to make tough decisions. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. One thing I tried to do was I tried to make sure that um, I did not work in the neighborhoods that I used to live. Unfortunately, uh, I did work in the Bronx as well. I did see people, but it was a respect. They understood what I did. I understood, um, you know, things that, you know, just living in that area. So it was about respect. And at the same time, there's a lot that goes on right now in regards to social media and the news and the way they're like portray us as NYPD officers and everything isn't always true. I always say, is there bad people in the department? Absolutely. But at the same time, there's bad in every field. Like I always say to people that there's bad doctors out there. You see that you meet that one doctor, people say, you know what? I don't like this doctor, but what happens? They shop around. They don't say, I will never go visit, you know, another doctor again. They just kind of find the right one. And sometimes it's sad to say, but you might not have a connection with one police officer. That doesn't mean that that determines how all police are. Um, So and for me, being a female black, black, I only have 10 years on the job. So I'm feeling young. I'm in my early 30s. So I want to be able to have members of my community and the NYPD join together in order to ba- break down those barriers and those issues that people might have by doing things like this, by talking to people. A lot of things are a basic communication. Some people are scared of cops and some cops, unfortunately, uh, don't talk to members of the community as often as they should, but by just humanizing the uniform does more by saying good morning. How are you? How's your day going? Makes a big difference than rather just standing on the corner and not saying anything or doing much. Uh, putting a human face to to a person does a lot. Uh, so yeah, that's my take in regards to um, that. But I understand. I always tell people that even if you you're not sure about joining the job, take the test, at least. take the test and you can make that determination when the time comes to actually join and start your process. And if you change your mind, then you change your mind. And it's completely understandable. This job uh, as a public servant isn't for everyone, you know, but as long as you have a good heart, um, it could go a long way. It can definitely go a long way with this department.
3: It's definitely true for when you say that you join a department because you want to make the change, especially change from the inside. It's no institution, no department, no group or company has changed by everyone. You know, It takes someone to have to join it, to become a part of it. Someone inside has to really want that change as much as the people on the outside to really be able to enact it. Um, and, And I also think lost my train of thought. Uh, I'm going to restart that. Yeah, I think it's it's completely true when you say that you joined and, and because you wanted to enact change from the inside. There's, there's been no institution and no company and no group that has changed just by pressure from the outside. Somebody on the inside must have wanted that change as bad as someone on the outside that also wanted it. And, and I think COVID as well. COVID has also helped Kind of unfortunately lessen the connection between the department and the communities because, especially with the, the masks, um, sometimes, especially with the uniform and the masks, the cops might come off a tad, bo- a tad bit more militaristic. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people also look at too is like the uniform. People really analyze the uniform and they really just judge police officers on the uniform. And especially with, with large gatherings, right? Large gatherings aren't exactly okay to do. So when there's a large gathering, if there's a police officer nearby, they have to break it up. It's their job. It's the right thing to do. Again, people overanalyze and they kind of, they still get this militaristic vibe when it's really just this police officer trying to do their job and trying to protect this community and the elderly in the community. And I always say usually on every other episode that we do that change starts with the conversation. Like you said, it starts with communication and that will be the start and what would lead to the end of the change. So I I completely agree with everything you said.
1: Absolutely. and COVID did change a lot, a hundred percent. But one thing that I used to, I'm a lieutenant now. And one thing I used to tell my sergeants and one thing I used to tell my cops as well. If you're going to do something and you're going to tell someone to do something, at least say, for instance, like you said, break up, you know, the the gathering. Explain why you do something. Just telling someone, look, guys, you got to go. That's not the correct way to do. Explain to them, like, look, I'm sorry to break up, you know, your gathering or whatever, but this needs to happen or X, Y, Z. And sometimes an explanation goes a long way and st- because a person like, but why do I need to do this? Which I understand. So if you explain why you're doing something and every step of the way, try to explain some, to, to someone why it is that you stop them or why it is that um, you have to break up this gathering or why it is that, you know... Someone call 911. Goes a long, a long, a long way. So absolutely communication.
3: Yeah, there was a time um, I was traveling. I was in Union Square. I go to school in Union Square. Um, there's a school right there. I, I was by Union Square and I was by uh, the one of the train exits. And there was uh, a male and he was standing with a female. And I assumed they were close because of their posture towards each other. And um, two police officers approached them. And one of the cops starts with interaction with, hey, how are you doing? um uh, he said like good afternoon how are you doing um we've got to call uh someone claims that you have a weapon on you uh can you just take your hands out of your pocket et etc cetera, et cetera, and then we could just figure this out and we could both move on about our day um and and i think i i, I didn't stay long enough to see his reaction but his initial reaction seemed pleasant it didn't seem like this was going to go south it didn't seem like the the interaction would have went wrong and i just think starting off something that way of course if you're allowed to um, because I understand that sometimes the sensitivity of an issue isn't exactly appropriate to, to, to announce it that loudly in a crowd like that. Um, but either way, I think just that conversation, it really, from the start, de-escalates a lot of things. It automatically removes the confusion and it just makes for better conversation and a better interaction.
1: See, that's the type of situation that I'm saying. Like sometimes just calls to just explain things to people. And when you're wrong, admit that you're wrong. Sometimes people do call 911, or we might see something, but sometimes we're not, no one's right 100% of the time. So just tell someone, I'm sorry, and I apologize, and then you can move on from there.
0: I think to me, that's the biggest thing that, I'm not here to tell you guys how to do your job, but I think that would be like the biggest recruitment factor is, hey, if you don't like the cops, why don't you be the change that you want to see? You can come on our job, and you can start being how you believe cops should behave, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, then one thing we always ask our guests is for a cop story. What do you guys got for me?
1: Okay. So a few years back, I used to work um, when I first started off in the 46th precinct, which is in the South Bronx. Um, A lot of times there, it wasn't the best of neighborhoods, but it was a place that I loved to work and a place that the, the community didn't always agree with the police department. So as we say it's all about communication it's all about that so i remember there was a situation where there were a group of males inside of a basketball court and a lot of times you'll see a friday or saturday night we try to let them play basketball as long as possible which is great but after a while parks do close so um i remember having a situation where we had officers go inside and try to uh let them know that the park was closing and maybe it wasn't in the most pleasant way that that was done. But, you know, everyone has the different ways of speaking to individuals. He wasn't rude or anything, but um, he did go into the, you know, the area and kind of tell them that the park is closing. So, of course, at that point of time, um, the crowd, it was a large crowd, started getting, you know, a little antsy and a little rude and things of that sort. So me and my partner at that point said, you know what, let's try. So. We walked into there, and like I always say, a conversation. We walked into there. We, you know, I always say try to command the room or the situation that you're addressed with. Try to command it. So we walked in, introduced ourselves, kind of explained to the people, you know, why we were there, and you know that the park was closing at that certain point. It was dusk, so. You know, the park was gonna close and you know, we just wanted to make sure that everyone was gonna be okay and things of that sort. And they gladly moved, you know, they understood and to this day when I had went by the 46th precinct a couple years ago, this had to be about nine years ago. So I went back there recently, maybe about a year and a half ago, and a few of them were still out there and they actually remembered me. And it wasn't because of, you know. anything besides a good interaction so a lot of times it starts with a good interaction why somebody might remember you and sometimes it's been a bad interaction i've had situations where unfortunately i did have to arrest people but one thing i've always learned is to walk walk away with a handshake you know at the end of the day something happened and a person has to be arrested but walking away with a handshake Is my model. And that's something that I I definitely did majority of uh, my situations. So to this day, like I said, I did see them about two years ago and they still remember me by name and by face strictly because of, you know, a positive interaction rather than just a negative.
2: All right. So mine is uh, not as uh, joyous as the (laughs) (laughs) lieutenant, but mine was. I was working a foot post in the 88 8 precinct uh, right by Commodore Barry Park. And me, I was a youth officer. I also worked with kids prior to joining the police department. So I love the kids. I love playing with the kids. The kids were playing football. They threw one towards me. I, of course, what am I gonna do? I'm, I'm playing football with the kids. <laughs> the commanding officer drives in to the park with his uh, department vehicle. And automatically I freeze and I am I was like, all right guys, here you go, getting ready to go. But the commanding officer comes out. He says, no, 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 this is great. And he actually snapped a photo of me playing football with the kids. And then this was during the start of uh, Twitter for the NYPD where everything had to go on Twitter. And he actually posted it on Twitter. And of course, I was the uh, the talk of the precinct for a little while, like, <laughs> oh, really? So you, while well, you're supposed to be working, you're playing football. No, what I was doing was community relations with the neighborhood where I was working. And those kids still to this day, if I go back over there to the park or to the pool in the area, they still remember me. Uh, there's a lady, Ms. Brown. She always used to say she was going to marry me. <laughs> if you're listening, I, I still can't marry you. <laughs> yeah. um, but she always remembers me and says that I did a great thing for the kids in the neighborhood. And then after that, I became the youth officer where I was actually doing it all the time.
1: That's great. I no, that is actually
2: pretty joyous to me. Uh, I don't think so. You yes. know, hers is much better. No. You know? you don't like it because the cops are making fun of you, and you're
0: yeah, yeah that's.
2: <laughs> well, now I don't care if anyone makes fun of me. You know, I'm. They also always call me the dancing cop because yes,
1: you are. Everywhere you go, you dance. Everywhere
2: <laughs> I go, I dance. So is that what you do at all the recruitment events? That's how you get everyone talking. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have to show a human side to this uniform.
1: Absolutely. Because a lot of times like we've been saying people don't see us as human, but at the end of the day, when we take off our uniform, we're the same as everyone else.
2: Well, if
0: that's not what we're trying to do with this podcast, well, then I don't know what is. I want to thank you guys so, so much for taking the time to come on here and I assume repeat the same thing that you always tell everyone, because we had you talking about recruitment and coming on to talk about what everyone needs to do. And I'm sure you're sick of it at this point. But again, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And why don't you remind everyone one more time what that enrollment period for the test is?
1: Absolutely. So the enrollment period for the next NYPD exam, the registration period will be April 7th through the 27th with the exam being in June.
2: Excellent. And where can they sign up for this test?
1: They can sign up Go ahead.
2: at nypdrecruit.com. We'll have a link to the OASIS page, which is on the Decast page. As soon as the filing starts, I guarantee you on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, our handle is nypdrecruit. It will be there.
0: Well, everyone, a uh, lot to think about. If you're within the ages of 18 to 35, maybe something to consider. Maybe you're looking for a new career. Maybe you're looking to start a career. I'll recommend it. And hey, look, I'm a cop that's doing a podcast, so it's not just standing on a corner or driving around in a car, like John said.
1: Exactly.
0: There, I mean, and, and there's hundreds of units too, from aviation, K9, ESU to IT and podcasting and working with kids. There, there's something for you here besides just being a cop Yep. exactly so maybe look into it once again i want to thank our guests the nypd recruitment team i want to thank our guest john and i want to thank you for listening make sure you rate and subscribe to wherever you find your podcast rate us five stars 10 stars 100 stars rate us however many stars you can and i want you please tune in next week